Tripper Stories. Yo, yo, holes. I am back fricking Hans soloing tonight. I am currently fucking butt naked sat in my living room in the fucking sweatiest fucking day of the year with no fucking fans on because if I put the fucking fans on, you can't hear my voice speak on this microphone. So just for you hoes, I'm now sweating my tits off. Obviously, you're all thinking about me, fucking pussy, butt naked, sweating its tits off too. But we have to move on from that and think about more serious matters today. And I am going to talk about this fucking podcast. So normally there's two of us, as hopefully all of my listeners know. Um, but Rosie, being a sensible human being, not working in the sex industry for her whole freaking life, has a day job. Uh, so she has to go back to work now. Corona's like finally coming to an end. Fingers fucking crossed. So that bitch doesn't have as much time on her hands to talk about slutty shit with me, which is totally understandable. I definitely have enough slut for everyone to go around. So she'll probably be popping in and out of the podcast now from now on. Um, and I'm going to be getting some guests on here or just like tonight having story time alone, but naked, sweating my tits off just for you guys. So, um, so yeah, so today it's just going to be me talking about loads of fucking weird shit um, and finally giving you guys the down low on my experience as a sugar baby because I haven't actually spoken about that before and I think on one of the other podcasts we said we were going to talk about it but then we ended up waffling like drunken bitches do um, for too long. So uh, today I'm going to talk about that, and I'm going to have a little talk about period sex, all the good stuff. You know what I'm freaking saying. Do we like it? Do we not like it? I personally fucking love it, but I've had guys in the past who fucking hate it. So, I mean, more for them. They're probably really insecure fucking mummies boys, normally only children. Do you know what I mean? Who are just scared of blood and like weird shit. But anyway, we'll move on to that later. Um, and what else are we going to talk about say my fucking blowjob technique i mean i don't really have a blowjob technique i mean if i could show you the hidden folder on my fucking phone then i i mean if i went through all of my fucking videos i probably would have i'd see my technique do you know what i'm saying it probably like looks very similar to all of the dicks i've sucked because i do like filming a dick love filming dick let's talk about that so that's one of my fucking favorite things. I love to, I'm like very <laughs> obsessed with myself. I love watching myself fuck. I love watching other people fuck me. I just like watching myself a lot. And I don't know whether this is a common thing for girls. I don't really know a lot of girls who's obsessed with it as it, I can't even say it. Who is as obsessed, who is as obsessed as it, of it, What's wrong with me? I fucking can't say that fucking word. I'm so fucking hungover. I can't deal with my life. <gasps> Take a breath. Who is as obsessed of it as I am? That's really confusing. Really fucking confusing. Anyway, I'm fucking obsessed with it. And I've had a lot of guys be like, oh, do we have to film? Like, I'll be like middle, mid-sex. Like, oh, can we just get the camera out? Or I, I even made a guy once buy a fucking slut tripod. I called it a slut tripod. Um, so that we, we'd whip it out, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a mood killer, but I'm like, just think about the great fucking content we'll have afterwards that I can, you know, probably wank over or maybe not, but just watch myself be like, oh my God, my butt looks amazing there. Or, oh my God, his 
dick was super hot at that point. Or you could just go and like critique yourself. I kind of love it. Um, it's very self, self obsessive, I think. Well, I don't know if it is, but fuck, I'm sweating. Literally there's beads of sweat coming off me. Jesus, it's hot. Um, but yeah, so I love filming myself. I don't know what everybody else out there thinks, but does it make me conceited? Does it make me just a fucking slut? I don't know. But if I could show you my hidden folder, all the dicks that I've sucked in my life, I mean, I've been known to delete a few videos before because when you have a boyfriend, you don't want to keep all the dick videos, right? And normally the latest dick that you're fucking is normally the best dick, hopefully. Hopefully. I mean, some girls go like recede on the dick. Receding dick. Oh, that is definitely a t-shirt. Receding dick. Um, it, yeah. Regress on the dick. Regress on the dick. Um, but I mean, I personally like to aim higher every dick I have to the point where I hopefully will find the ultimate dick. I've got a pretty good one right now, but yeah, I mean, ultimate dick. That's what we're all really looking for, aren't we, ladies? Just the fucking ultimate penis. Penis is a horrible word. Um, but yeah, so I really only have the latest dicks in my um, in my hidden folder. And if I look through them now, I'm just having a little look in my phone, just looking at my blowjob technique. Right. So. I Okay. I can't put the sound on though because that would be too much. Okay, I'm licking. Okay, I'll give you. A, I'll give you a commentary. I love licking balls quite clearly. I can put two balls in my mouth quite clearly. I like a bit of eye contact. I'm talking quite a lot, so I'm guessing eye contact, ball, ball, like rubbing balls on face. Now I'm grabbing the balls and tossing off at the same time, rubbing my tits. I mean, look, it looks like I'm just having a full on party. I don't use two hands. Normally the other hand is on the ball, so I'm guessing that is my technique. Grab a ball, grab two balls even. I love a bit of deep throat. There's a there's a lot of deep throat going down on that dick right now. I mean, yeah, I can't even watch it without getting a little bit wet. Oh yeah, that is, oh. Now I'm rubbing the dick on my face. Lot of rubbing dicks on face. And I know me and uh, Rosie did have conversation. I have to stop watching that now because it's literally making me excited. Um, me and Rosie were having a conversation about cum and actually my friend uh, WhatsApped me the, uh, today actually. She was like, oh my God, I'm listening to like episode four. I'm like, why are you only on four? There's seven out, bitch. Like, first of all, listen to my fucking podcast. Be my fucking friend. Do you know what I mean? Are you my friend? That's the first thing I said. And the second of all, she was like, oh yeah, the cum thing. I totally agree with Rosie. Cum does smell. I'm like, is it something to do with my nose? Or like my sense of smell or like taste or something, but I just fucking love cum. I'm sure there's some girls out there that can say the same, but like, I'm no, <laughs> this is kind of gross, but I actually no, I don't find it gross at all. There's been times when a guy has come on me and I've gone out for the day with the cum on me, with him. And like, there's like, like, <laughs> it's been on like my tits or whatever. And I'll, like, I'll unbutton like my shirt at the table or whatever. And like show them their cum still sat there. Now I know loads of girls are probably gonna be freaked out about that, but like, <sighs> fucking shoot me. Like I'm a bit of a freak. Actually, I don't think it's that freaky, but yeah, I like cum residue. I mean, I like it in my hair and I've never had smelly cum, but so many girls have said to me that they, they've had really like pungent cum. 
I truly, I mean, fucking, I feel sorry for you girls, like totally. Like, I, I mean, I might not have such a dick obsession. Maybe if I'd had smelly cum. Um, so yeah, maybe that would do me a favor and stop me sucking so many dicks. I don't know, whatever. Anyway, so on that fucking note, so uh, actually moving on from that, now we're gonna talk about period sex. So this is something I feel really strongly about. I've had boyfriends in the past where they wanted, or no, not wanted. I don't think any guys ever wanted to have sex with a girl on their period. I mean, I'm sure there's some king. I've never met a guy. Oh, by the way, guys, if my if like a, a ring-a-ling-a-ding-ding happens, I'm actually still on cam. I'm not camming while I'm recording, but it's like on in the background. So if someone calls me, I might have to go and then I'll, I'll come back. I'll come back to you. I'll come back and talk about the period sex. Um, so I'm currently working while sweating my tits off, while doing a podcast, while trying to earn money. I mean, a bitch has got to live. Fucking judge me okay like but seriously my fake tan is is i need to go and like sort my fake tan out it's dripping down my fucking ass okay sorted it out i've literally i've had to put a little towel down because i'm literally dripping tan everywhere um but yeah so i've never had a guy want to like be like oh my god yeah let me lick your fucking period pussy but um i've had guys like not mind it um i've actually had a guy I had one guy in particular go down on me. No, no, actually a couple of guys have done that. Gone down on me when I'm on my period. And I've either been too drunk or just too horny to care. Um, I'm sure there's lots of people out there that actually um, would care about that. I like, I totally, totally get where you're coming from if that is a thing. But um, for me personally, it always is like a bit like, do you like me? Do you like me enough? to fuck me on my period. Because if you don't, then I'm not fucking licking your asshole. And I'm not rimming you, and I'm not sucking that cum off your dick, or I'm not doing any of the freaky shit that you fucking like, okay? If you don't fuck me, period. That was, that was genius. Fuck me, period. No one uses that word over here in the UK, but I don't know where that came from, fucking genius. Anyway, um, so yeah, it's almost like a, it's almost like a test. I don't know how we feel about that, but I mean, look, it's the first day of your period is never pleasant because it's always gonna be fucking heavy. And um, I'm sorry for the guys out there that are listening to my podcast. Actually, this is a fucking test for you. If you're fucking continuing listening to my fucking podcast, me talking about period, 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 then you're one of those guys that I would definitely fuck. If you could listen, talk about fuck a girl on her period, buy tampons even in a shop. Like that's another test. I'm like, oh babe, my period, do you mind going to like grab me some tampons in the shop? Even if you come home with the fucking super, super large ones for super heavy flows and wide set vaginas, it's still the thought that counts. Okay, so I don't, I take that apology back. Fucking listen to my period chat. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm actually a, all for period sex. Probably not on the first day, but even if it's going to be so, go in the fucking shower. It showers off. It's not like it's bleach. It's going to fucking stain your fucking, like, st I don't know, like harm you in some way. Like, yeah, that's ridiculous. Some guys do act like, so I've got a friend. She had a boyfriend who literally would not touch her on a period. Like literally did the whole like, I don't know, like, because obviously you hear about some religions where, like, you know, women are unclean and they can't go near a guy or whatever, but, like, that's a religious thing, one thing. And that's totally, like, 
down to them. Totally fine. Um, but if a guy is genuinely asking, uh, not asking, genuinely avoiding a woman like the plague because it's like he thinks it's gross because she's on her period, those men need to have... Actually, they will. They should dig a hole for themselves in the fucking forest, bury themselves inside it, and then stay there until they rot away. Like that is how I feel about it. Or like jump off a nearest, like the nearest bridge or some shit. Or maybe just go and fuck on your suck on your mummy's fucking tits again and learn how to be a man all over fucking again. Because genuinely, periods are natural. They're natural fucking things. And a, and also, if you're not gonna fuck a guy, a girl in a period. How the fuck are you ever gonna bring up a girl who has a vagina? If you have a kid with them or whatever, or see your wife give birth, like, or any of these other weird things that happen to a woman because that's what happens. I'm gonna go full on woman chat now. This is what happens when I don't have another, someone else to talk to. I just go full on crazy cryptic woman chat. But yeah, anyway, so I'm all pro the period, the period um, sex. Yeah, over here. I'm sure Rosie would definitely say that she's not into it. Um, I've actually got the coil, which you all you guys know about because you've been listening to my podcast. Um, so yeah, I mean, and periods are still there. So just fucking fuck me. Fuck me in blood. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. Absolutely. Okay, now um, I'm gonna finally talk about my experience of being a sugar baby. Now, this is something I don't really talk about a lot because of, probably because of the way it ended. Um, but obviously I want you guys to have the down low on everything Stripper Stories has to offer, which is all the fucking Stripper Stories. So this is one big motherfucking story. So, I mean, I'm gonna start from the very beginning and then we're gonna carry on. Um, we're gonna carry on through it. You're gonna be here through it all. So I basically, I met him in a club, um, strip club, because I was working as a stripper in East London, actually, and it was a fucking dirty, 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 dirty strip club um, where basically everything went. Like, uh, I won't say the name of it, but it was, well, I mean, I don't know about the rest of the strip clubs around the world, but in London, this is fucking dirty. Like, where... You know, they turn all the cameras off. You basically could just do whatever the fuck you wanted. There was a special room called the studio where you would get paid a grand, a thousand pounds an hour. And the guy had to pay a thousand pounds on the door um, to get in. And then a thousand pounds to each girl. And they'd basically give you like a golden ticket when you got like an hour from this, this studio. And it had its own door, it had its own bouncer, it had its own bar, it had mirrors all over the fucking ceiling, which I fucking love, obviously, because I'm a fucking conceited bitch. And um, you got these golden tickets. And so at the end of the night, when you collect your money, um, like they'd pay you every night, all the girls would like line up. It was just a fucking awful ordeal, like four in the morning. Um, the manager would be like, golden tickets. And then all the fucking girls would like trot up to the front and be like waving their little golden tickets in the, in the air. Um, kind of like, oh look what I got, a thousand pounds an hour, which is the most you could get. Um, and the club would take no commission, which is a rare thing. So they basically just give you a thousand pounds cash. Like that was like pretty much a golden ticket, like back in the day. Yeah, like you could literally work three hours, you'd come home with exactly three grand. Nice round number, yeah. Before Corona, it was fucking amazing. Um, and so I met him in this club, and we went in the, we went in the studio, <laughs> but um, 
He actually just bought a bottle of LP Rose. I remember it so clearly. And he sat down with me and my girlfriend. And I'd never met anyone outside the club before because I was still quite new at the job, I think, or at least just frigid as fuck. And I, she was like, oh my God, we could, you know, I think, I think this girl, yeah, I remember the girl who, her name was Jack. Um, and she's an Albanian girl. She's like really beautiful. Like she'd been in the game a long time. And I kind of almost like, she would give me like little hints and tips. And I'd be like, oh cool, thanks for that mate, whatever. So I think she kind of saw that I was sat down with a good one. And she kind of joined me and I was like, that's cool, whatever. I didn't really, it wasn't a big deal. Um, and yeah, and it's also quite good working with your friends too, isn't it? Like all the girls out there know, even on cam, whatever, if you have girls around or whatever, and you want to like do some girl on girl, blah, blah, blah. It's just a lot. It's just, it makes time pass quicker. It's a bit funner than just being solo, you know? Anyway, so we sat down with him and I think we had a few dances or we did like a little like VIP. It was nothing special. And he was like, oh, how do you feel about meeting outside the club? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like I'd never done that before. And also like rape, do you know what I mean? Like that could happen. Like it's not a joking matter, but seriously, like meeting guys outside the club, you never know, especially when you go out to hotels and stuff, like girls have to just be like careful sometimes, especially when you're on, going your own. Um, but like Jack, this girl I was with, she was like, yeah, let's fucking do it. So <laughs> we organized to meet him outside the club, right? And now this guy was like 60, so, but he looked quite like good for his age. Like he was very friendly, like wasn't lechy or pervy at all. And we thought, oh, okay, it's gonna be like a sure bet. He gave me his number and I was basically doing all the wheeling and dealing. I was like the, the designated, like sort the money out girl, right? Which I'd never done before. And she was like, make sure you ask for the money up front. I was like, what? She was like, yeah, make sure you get the money before we go. I'm like, surely that doesn't make sense because like, I'm sure there's girls that run off with money and shit. I mean, I've fucking done it. Like, listen to what, like, episode three, I think I even speak about it. Like, if you meet an asshole, you just, you just think, I'm not fucking sitting here, like, listening to your bullshit. No matter how much fucking money, like, I'm gonna go with the money, right? So, um, so we, I asked him for the, I asked him for the money before and he was like, no, like, what planet are you living on? I was like, well exactly that's what I would have said before but yeah we started off on the wrong foot anyway but asking the money up front but we ended up going to gaucho this restaurant together and um Jack was just really disinterested like you could tell she'd done this a million times and like I was just happy to be there in a way I was like like you know going out for a, like it wasn't a, like a really posh meal but it was like going out getting dressed up like having fun like I literally had done the job for like what six months I'd not, not really like done a lot of this and she was a lot older than me so I think she'd just seen it all before like and it's probably how I started to act later on in the stripping game kind of just like could not be fucking bothered with men's bullshit but this time I was like green and excited and like I was there and we went back to his house afterwards for a few drinks and I think because she was so disinterested he was just like she is like so fucking far up her own ass that I just like he messaged, I think he messaged me afterwards and was like, I don't want to see her again. I want to just see you. I was like, okay. Um, and I kind of felt comfortable by that point. I just, I just needed like one, one like introductory, like, <clears throat> I guess like date. And then he was like, do you want to meet me next week on your own? And I actually felt really comfortable because he was like, he didn't touch us. He didn't like try and do anything. It was just literally for company. And I, I was like, okay, this is, this is pretty sweet. I mean, it's probably gonna go downhill very fucking fast and he's gonna end up being an absolute crazy fucking pervert, but we'll ride this out for as long as it goes. And he paid me like 500 pounds, like a date, an evening. 
The second time, I, like, had, had a really good time, like, again. And he was, like, he started talking to me about his life. And, like, as I got to know him, I, and I meet him once a week, he would talk about, like, how he's just looking for someone to accept him, blah, blah, blah. The same old soft story that I'm sure a million girls have actually heard. But it actually turned out, like, he wasn't a douchebag, which I was just, like, very shocked about, like... Even towards the end, like, I literally was with this guy for, like, four years. I was, like, waiting for him to be an absolute douche. I was like, when is he going to turn around and be a cunt? And actually, I don't think he ever was. Like, he had his moments, like, every fucking man and woman does. But um, he he basically explained to me how his life was, like, pretty complicated. Like, he had a wife. He also had one kid. And he was like, I literally met the love of my life, um in the office when he, where he worked, but he was already married. Now he married this woman super young. Um, he was come from a really well-to-do family and he thought that was the right thing to do, but he realized like she was just not for him. Like she basically was just, not that he was like super kinky, but he wanted to actually have like a loving relationship. I think she was just complete frigid bitch and she just got them. He was very rich. So I think she's married to money, whatever, which I only got one side of the story, but still that's the side I got. So this is the side you're getting. <laughs> Um, and so they, they tried for kids for ages with him and his wife and they couldn't get pregnant. So they ended up having IVF. Now they had like 15 rounds of IVF or something crazy. And then he met the love of his life in the office. Now she was like a, a, I think she was like a PA or something, but she was his age. It wasn't like one of those typical PA younger girl things. He like met someone of his age in his like fifth or fifties. And, um, he was going to leave his wife for this woman. And... He was literally ready to tell her everything and then the IVF works. The 15th fucking round of IVF worked and he basically had to choose between the love of his life or bringing up this kid. Because obviously, like, he always wanted children. They'd been trying for so long. Like, you know, he didn't feel like he could just leave her now. Um, and so he literally gave up the love of his life to have this child. Now, this, this little girl ends up growing up to be... Nearly, nearly my age by the time he tells me the story. Like, she's um, a bit younger than me, but not, not very young. So she's in her 20s. And he's like, he dotes on her. Like, she's a proper daddy's girl. Like, it basically just works out for the best. But he, he's always, like, been basically, like... Because he, he left the love of his life and stayed in a loveless marriage. He was just craving, like, company, I think. And that's, that's kind of... Um, that's kind of, like you know, pulled up my heartstrings a little bit and I was like, oh, all right, let's see if this fucking, you know, goes goes the way it's supposed to go or like, this is the guy that I think he is, whatever. He explained to me further, further goes on, that he loved fucking kink. He loved wearing masks and, you know, walking around on all fours and whipping and trans, like, trans sex and like, um, and like playing and like, just loads of like, he lo he loved experimenting. He was just a proper like freak. He he loved being submissive, because obviously he's very dominant in his work work job, and I think he wanted like a relief release or relief I guess from that. Um, so so yeah, so he he kind of, I mean I ended up being his dominatrix basically. So I like I would like whip him. I would like make him like eat out of a bowl on the floor. Like I'd make him like I'd be his pay pig. I would be like, I'd organize like so he like he like fucking loved trans women. Um, 
And he would ask me to like arrange these like trans like women dates with him. Like, and I'd have to like ring up all these ladies and like speak to them on the phone because he'd like, he'd have a certain type that he'd want. So I'd like vet them all. And like, I'd invite them over. We'd have like a really fucking great party. Like he would, he would have his fun um, with them. And then I would probably just like do something else, like eat, go and eat some food or something. Like it was, it was a proper weird relationship. Um, and the reason why he fucking loved experimenting with like anal so much was because he had prostate cancer. So he couldn't get it up. So this is another reason why he genuinely wanted company because his dick didn't fucking work. And no matter how many people, like all the girls in the club would say this to me, like, how did you get so fucking lucky? And I was like, yes, I literally won the lottery with this dude. He literally wanted me to just have fun like get like I don't know get fucked up go to nice restaurants like hang out with him and then organize these fucking crazy sex parties which I genuinely never joined in on like I, thinking back on it I was like I should have fucking I was just a bit frigid I don't know if I was frigid but I was just like I just wasn't interested it wasn't like I mean now I probably would but um I was just so new at it I was just like I don't know I don't know why I didn't do that that's probably like one of my regrets but um yeah, so, and this one time, oh my god, I've got this fucking mental story. This one time I was arranging one of these, like, like parties, and he was like, yeah, I really want a trans, a trans woman. She's got to look like this, she's got to, like, be able to, like, speak, like, English, or she's got to have dark hair, this and that. Like, this, he basically gave me all these, like, criteria. Um, which, I mean, I guess, it's almost like going to a strip club, like, you just know what you want, right? So... Uh, and obviously, like, he loved the dick. He wanted, like, a trans woman, beautiful tits, a big fucking dick. I was like, great. And, like, obviously, I had, had, had like, met so many of these lovely women. And, like, we had, like, so many good parties. And, like, I just didn't think twice to ask them, like, how is your dick? Like, you know? I don't know. And one day, this fucking lady arrives, right? And she's fucking lovely. I've still got her, her, her number on my phone. We, like, chat all the time. Her name's Olivia. And... I was like, right, I like, so there'd be like a long fucking uh, elevator ride up to his apartment, like with, I'd go down and meet them and I'd be like, right, just FYI, he had prostate cancer, so he can't get it up. So like, don't, I, I would always like vet them before and, be just, and just say like, look, like he doesn't want to talk about it. Let's just like focus on the asshole. And they'd be like, yeah, like, and I get them paid and everything. Um, so it was like, it was like a good system. I was like, yeah. So like, obviously he like, I'd be like, he loves sucking dick. <laughs> she was like, dick I was like yeah he just loves sucking dick like and obviously you'd like fuck him and stuff like I, I, I don't know I didn't say it like that fucking cringy but yeah she's like babe I'm post-op I'm like what she's like yeah I'm post-op I'm like oh what and then she fucking whips out her vagina and I'm like what this is the most perfect vagina you've ever fucking seen by the way I, I was like oh oh I've got this fucking badly wrong like what if he like feels awkward or what if I've like and she was just laughing and I was laughing and I was like, oh my God. And we literally went in this, like we were one stop away from his flat. And I was like, what do I fucking do? What do I do? And so we got up to his flat and, and she was like, babe. And I was like, I've got a surprise for you. And I just literally came out with it. And he was like, great. Oh my God. I've never seen like, like a vagina post op. I don't know how it was the right way of saying that, but like, I've never seen like a trans, like, yeah, I guess, yeah, I, like a vagina. <laughs> and he was like, oh my God, let me see it. So we were both staring into this vagina, like, oh my fucking God, it's perfect. Like it literally designer fucking vagina. <laughs> both of us were like, oh my God, like look at that bit, look at that. And she was just sat there with her legs open. We were just fucking talking about a vagina for about half an hour. And it was just, it was, 
honestly, I know it sounds like the most ridiculous fucking story. And I actually made a really good friend out of it. But <laughs> I mean, it was one of the most memorable like experiences. It's, it could have, you know, it could have gone so weirdly wrong, but like it was, he even said how great it was. And like, I, you know, I left him in the room and I come back and he was like licking her pussy and I like, was fucking loving it. And she was loving it. And like, yeah, it was just, it was super good. I just loved it. And um, yeah, so he was like super into like all the kinks. And I think the reason why we got on so well is because I, as I've said in all these podcasts and like the reason why I'm doing this fucking podcast in the first place is like, I'm all about talking about and, you know, normalizing sex work, sex chat, you know, we're in 2020, like, it's not a big fucking deal. And I felt like this guy um, was a little bit like, he felt judged and felt like kind of that no one could really accept him. He'd had quite a lot of like bumps in his life. And I think that now he just wanted to have a bit of fucking fun and like shoot the guy for trying to have fun, you know, like brought up this amazing kid. Now I just wanted to have this fucking kinky wild fun on the side of his loveless marriage, right? And yeah, and we had some really great fucking times. Like, you know, oh, the fucking shit I could talk about, like literally, like, yeah, it was mad. Like he, he like loved shoving like wine bottles up girls' assholes, like, like fucking mental shit. Like he'd, he'd wear like a sheath, which is like a strap on, like a, uh, because obviously his dick was like, it could, he couldn't get hard on. So he, when he would fuck people, like fuck girls, he'd put on a strap on and like, we'd buy all the, I'd like, I'd help him buy them all. And like, he'd have this like slot box that he would keep in his house. Like, and I'd help him like, oh, he loved, he loved women's underwear as well. And I'd go and buy him women's underwear. Like, and he just loved the feeling of it. And like, he'd dress up, he, I bought him a pair of like stripper heels so he could wear them. And like, this is like a masculine man. He just wanted to fucking live his life. And like, what I didn't quite get then was that he had like a pacemaker as well. So like he was, he was, he'd had quite a few like health issues. And I guess, I guess he just wanted to just fucking live every day, like his last, I guess. And it was actually really infectious to be around. I fucking loved it. Um, and then we went on a few holidays. Like, so uh, I took him to Ibiza like twice. So can you imagine a 65 year old man like in Ushuaia, um, partying up? Like he, he just, and like, I was never embarrassed to be seen with him because he just was just such a laugh. And like, he treated me so well. And like, we had such a good relationship, like really platonically. Like he, we'd always have separate like bedrooms. We never shared the same bed. Um, and yeah. And so I took him to Ibiza, we get fucked up. Like I took him to Mykonos, we got fucked up. And then, um, yeah. And then on our last holiday in Mykonos, this is when I was talking about earlier, like he had his moments, like he started getting a bit grouchy and I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like he's just getting really short tempered and stuff. And like, he like constantly going to the bathroom all the time. He's like taking these diuretics. So, so I felt, I like, we had a discussion about his like health and stuff and he's, his pacemaker basically needed change, like changing. I don't know if that's like the right thing to say, but like swapping out. Um, but the, the operation was so like, uh, like risky that he'd have half a 50% chance of survival um, because of all his other health issues and stuff. And so he was just super down on this Mykonos trip. Obviously I booked Mykonos like a fucking dick and it was literally the hilliest place on the planet. And he was struggling walking and stuff. Cause like his like uh pacemaker, like the levels of oxygen and stuff was just not good. And like, I basically felt like a, such a dick that holiday. I just wasn't aware that he was so sick. And then we got back to the UK and then he was hospitalized for a bit. 
and I used to go and visit him in hospital and he'd still be paying me my monthly allowance. It kind of got less and less, like he'd pay me less and less. Like, I think it started off at like, I think it was like five grand a month. And then, um, it went down to like three, um, after a while. And I don't know. I think it kind of got to the pace place where, you know, when you get really comfortable with, with someone and they feel like they can just take the pace a little bit. It kind of got a bit like that with him. Like, Obviously, I only saw him once a week. It wasn't really any skin off my nose. Like, £3,000 is a lot of fucking money. Like, you know, even back then it was. So I, I didn't really want to sniff at it kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, he got back. He got really sick. And then I go visit him in hospital. And he got out of hospital. And, like, he said that they'd given him, like, four months to live or something. Oh, no, but I said Christmas. And I was like, shut up. Like, you're, you're going to be fine. Stop fucking being, like, a drama queen. Like, yeah, he... I mean, he he was a little bit like over like worried about like he'd over worry about things like understandably, but I was just like shut up, shut up, and then we'd arranged to meet and uh and I was like yeah I'll I'll meet you on this certain day and then I cancelled on him and this was like the Wednesday and then he was like okay we'll we'll rearrange it for next Wednesday I was like cool. Um, and then I texted him over the weekend. I was like, you're right, you're right. How's it going? He was like, yeah, all good. All good for Wednesday. I was like, cool, looking forward to seeing you. And then Monday comes. I was like, right, so where are we going? And I messaged him. No reply. I was like, message him again. No reply. And then I started getting a bit angry. I'm like, why the fuck are you messaging me back? That's a bit rude. Like, let me know where I'm going in two days time. Like, we need to organise what the plan is. He wasn't like him not to message back. And then I had a dreadful thought. Like... Like, what if he's died? Like, what if he's passed away? Like, and I'm getting all angry and like, like all these things are like running through my mind. I was like, I, I canceled on him last. Like if I, if I just, like if I just seen him like last week. Um, and he always said to me, because he was always like impending death, you know, like being, I mean, he'd laugh about it, but he'd be like, right, if anyone, anything ever happens to me, um, I'm still friends with the, the love of my life. This love of my life woman who's now married to someone else. But he was like, I've told Kim, um, who you are. Like I was basically hidden from everyone, but I've told Kim who you are. So she's going to let you know if anything ever happens to me. So you'd have to like find out online or whatever. Did she fuck? Did she fucking message me? No, she didn't. No one contacted me. So it literally like weeks went by and I had I heard nothing. And I was like saying to like, my sisters kind of knew about him, about him. She, they'd met him a few times and like, that was like, I think, I think he's, I think, I've got a dreadful feeling. And then I looked it up online and I kept putting it into Google, like, cause he was like quite well known in like the corporate world. And then it fucking came up on, on the internet, like in memory of. And I was like, he's actually died. Like he was right. Like the fucking little dick all along. He knew, like he was always saying to me like, Oh yeah, that this is it. This is like, and I and I always said to him, "Don't be stupid, don't be stupid." And then like, yeah, and then he like died on me. Like he just, and out of nowhere, like this person who I'd see like maybe once twice a week, for like four years, was just gone. And like I didn't see a bot, like didn't see a body, but like I didn't see a funeral. I didn't see a, I didn't I didn't witness it. It literally just one day with just no message back, and that was it. And. I'm not gonna lie, like, it actually really shook me up for a bit. Like, I I couldn't talk about it for a while. I, I was like, 
I I felt like like ridiculously guilty that I'd cancelled on him the week before, um, and yeah, and like I just yeah, it was such a lot for me to handle, and then like I. I told my sisters, I told a few of my other like stripper friends who met him, they all got really upset. They're like he was like he was like an old dog around like the strip clubs, everyone kind of knew him. And uh yeah, it was like a lot, I think. So and like it it did affect me, like the like his passing. Like I, I just wish that I'd gone and seen him on that Wednesday. But as I mean now I've kind of come to terms with like, you know, everything it happens how it's supposed to happen, right? And, like, I know now he's probably just f up somewhere fucking shoving bottles up people's arseholes somewhere else, <laughs> right? Because he was he was that sort of person. But, like, I mean, I just think about... It, like, it was a really good experience in my life. And, like, I obviously was able to, like, save a lot of money. And, like, he helped me out a lot. And, like, I had lots of great life experiences. But, yeah, that was that was pretty much, like, my experience as a sugar baby. And I haven't had a sugar daddy since. And I don't think I will. I think I'll leave it at that. I think that was enough for one fucking lifetime, all of that. And I know I've only been speaking about it for 20 minutes um, on this podcast, but it is something that I like, as these like memories come back to me about like all the experiences we had and like, like the funny fucking shit that happened, I will regurgitate them to you guys, obviously. I mean, like one's coming to mind now is when uh, we were at his house and um, he, he, uh, okay, so he had this, like, dildo that he loved. It was, like, this fucking, like, red dildo. But it was, like, because we'd obviously been stretching his arsehole out with loads of other shit, right? Like, not per me personally, but, like, loads of other people that come around. This dildo ended up being too small, right? So this girl was fucking him in the arse with this dildo, and, and he was, like, obviously enjoying it, and it disappeared. Like, it disappeared up his arsehole. Like... It didn't have an like it had one of those like flat ends and even the flat bit of it just disappeared, and and like she looked at me and I looked at her and I was like, oh my god, what the fuck? He's literally like with him and all his health problems and then going to the hospital and being like, oh and by the way, I've got this massive fucking dildo up my arsehole and I can't get it out. She was like trying to find it like literally she had a fucking elbow in his arsehole trying to find this fucking dildo and we were both looking at each other like when do we tell him because he's obviously on on all fours so he can't he doesn't even know what's going on he has no fucking idea he's just like loving it thinking that she's like rummaging for gold going like oh yeah all the while all the while fucking the dildo has disappeared into his stomach somewhere. We're like, what? And then we had to, we literally, we could not get it out. Like for love nor money. I wasn't fucking helping. I was just, I was just like, she was like, help me. I was like, no, I'm not touching it. Anyway, long fucking story short. Um, we had to tell him and he literally ran like the fucking wind to the toilet. I was like, push. Push, push it out. And like, we were all, we were literally outside the toilet. Like, we were all going, push, push. And he literally, we were like, oh my God, we, we've killed him. Like, this is it. This is like, this is going to be the reason why he dies. Like, because like he was, he was not the, the, world, the most well man, but he just fucking pushed his limits, right? And I was thinking, fuck, how do we explain this? Like, we're going to have to escape out the window. Like, anyway, it came out and we were all like, sweaty brows like Phew, we did not kill the customer but that is just one of many fucking things that happened and um as they come up i will definitely regurgitate them all um but yeah that's that's 
that's that part of the fucking podcast. Fucking let it out. Actually, it was a really good therapy session for me talking about this. I thought I'd, I thought I'd find it more difficult to talk about, and I haven't. So, thanks for listening, guys. Appreciate it. Um, and I think to finish off, I'm gonna read out. <laughs> right. So, with every end of the fucking podcast, you know, we go like, oh, DM us your fucking stripper stories. Well, I have got a fucking story for you guys today. And it was sent in by a fucking sick motherfucking bitch. And obviously, this is anonymous. I'm keeping it to my fucking grave because this one is a fucking classic. But this is one of the ones we've received this week. And I'm going to read it out to you exactly how she's fucking written it, okay? So fucking peel those ears back and those vaginas. <laughs> she says, yay, okay, so basically... I had a one night stand with a guy who was part of a friendship group that I went on a few nights out with. The guy who I slept with ends up being really rude and stuck up, so I just didn't want to sleep with him again. The next night, I end up having a night out with that friendship group again, but he wasn't there. So one of his friends ends up chatting me up, and I go back to his. All these guys all live in the same apartment, so when we get back there, we're really quiet, and we sneak into his room. We end up having sex, and when we finish, I fucking queef so loud. Like, so, so loud. Then the worst thing happens. Someone turns the light on in the room and it's the fucking guy I'd slept with the night before. He'd been in the room the whole time and I'd been woken up by my fucking fanny fart. <laughs> oh my God. I just start having a go at the guy I just slept with. Like, how did you not know he was in here? Because it became apparent once the light was on that it was their shared bedroom. And she was like, anyway, I left straight away and never spoke to them again. It was so awkward and embarrassing. <laughs> what? I mean, fuck's sake. We've all fucking queefed in our lives. Let's be fucking frank. Some of us have fucking, I mean, farted on dick. I heard a fucking story the other day about when <laughs> one of my friends fucked a guy and they were fucking and it was like a one night stand and she literally put her, her legs over her head and she farted and they both laughed in the middle of sex. So it, it fucking is common. It's common thing, um, but not with two guys you've been fucking in the same fucking room. That is such a lot. Like, ah, uh, the cringe. I mean, I would have been like, yes, yes. If you put some fucking big or small cock, <laughs> I'm not sure what it was, bitch. So if you put, something in a hole it's gonna push air in and out of that fucking hole and there's gonna be sounds there's gonna be fucking sounds of glory do you know what i mean so fucking natural you know what i'm saying like but seriously though thank you so much for sending that in that's literally i've read it so many times i've like creased up like it is a fucking classic so thank you so much for sending that in thanks for like being avid listeners to the podcast as well really appreciate you guys um all the way in Australia as well. So fucking heads up, Australian bitches. Um, if you know anyone or you know any fucking stripper stories or any slutty stories just like that one, fucking send them in to me, please. It literally makes my life. And I'm sure it makes everybody else's fucking life and ears when they listen to them. Um, so this is the end of the fucking podcast. I literally, I'm so fucking hungover. I'm a dry fucking prune. I need to go and fucking hose the fuck off because these fans, I need to put the fucking fans on. I'm fucking sweaty ho. But um, yeah, 
Send us your fucking DMs. We will keep your fucking stories to our graves. Boys and girls, daddies and fucking dogs, send them in. Um, and we will see you next motherfucking Wednesday. Don't know whether it's going to be me on my own. I'm trying it out. So fucking forgive me. If it's boring as fuck, just fuck off. Okay. Um, follow us on Instagram at Strip Stories Podcast. And now we have a Twitter as well. So follow us on that. It's the same. Tweet us some abuse. And we will see you next motherfucking Wednesday. Hoes. Bye. Bye. Bye.